It's Wednesday at 3 o'clock, and you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUU. This program is an hour-long live interview show dedicated to the visual arts and creative community in and around Savannah. Each episode will feature guests in conversation regarding their work, philosophy, practice, and current projects, as well as commentary on the state of the visual arts in our community. Each show also highlights the week's upcoming art-related interests and events in the hostess city and surrounding low country. Your host, Rob Hessler and David Laughlin. Welcome. This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Yes, this is the March 13th broadcast of Art on the Air. We have live in the studio with us this week, Catherine Sando, wonderful artist, well-known, well-respected, brilliant, I can't go on enough. We'll be talking with her later. Uh, her show is at the Laney Contemporary Fine Art Gallery down on Mills B. Lane Boulevard here in Savannah, Georgia, of course. Also, we have a field note to start off with Anya Mitchell. And this was recorded at the Starland Cafe. Her show, Lineage, coming up. So glad to have both of them here, live and or recorded. Let's go to Starland and talk with Anya Mitchell, have some tea and see her beautiful work. We'll come back and hear our live broadcast with Catherine. Rob Hessler here with Art on the Air Field Notes. I'm with Anya Mitchell at her current exhibit at Starland Cafe titled Lineage. Anya, why don't you tell us what the show is all about? The show is about, I inherited, my grandma was an Amish quilter, and I inherited some of her quilt pieces from her studio a few years back, and I wanted to, it's about the heritage and taking your heritage and repurposing it and uh, making it your own, so kind of like sorting through what you want to carry forward and what you want to leave behind. And so I have these small sketches that are like 11 by 14, where I use specifically her, the quilt pieces that were part of her studio. And I use my own interpretation, like playing with them, coming up with compositions, playing with line work, inspired by Amish quilting and her style, but also just having fun with it with my own and finding my own voice with it. There's a couple of things that I noticed about all of the pieces. Well, most of the pieces. You have sort of two different sets of works here. There's the smaller pieces, and then there's two larger quilt pieces that are hanging over the fireplaces. I want to ask something about the smaller pieces, which you just mentioned. First off, I noticed that you've incorporated the frames into the design. So talk a little bit about your decision to do that. Yeah, so the overall concept is this interconnectedness, which a lot of my work has to do with representing unity and how we're connected and hoping that that like, is a point to bring us together and closer or just a humbling thing to reflect on. And so each of the pieces, they have these lines going off of them to kind of to represent that or allude to it. So if I 
like a dream would have like the space and to be able to paint the lines on the wall going off the frame like continuing and you know just to be fully immersed in that network I also look at each of those pieces as personalities so each one's different and unique but then together like cohesively they have something to bring you know so like each individual is unique in their own way and has their own talents and reflection to bring forth to like a conversation or they contribute something special to society way each piece is I try to make them different and play and also be like does this color work with that there was a lot of freedom with it I had a lot of fun making them because it was the first time I just let myself play with artwork and not overthink it or not have like a color palette in mind but really just oh I like what does it look like when these things are down and where do I want to put lines and does that work does at the end of it do I like the piece the composition or not and speaking of each piece having its own personality, you've named each piece with a actual person's first name. So two questions about that. Where does that come from? And then notably, all of the pieces except for one are women's names, and then you have one male name, Blaine. So talk a little bit about those two things. Yeah, so I think to like iterate that point of like they're kind of each a personality, I did want to name them. So with this one, because it was called Lineage, while I was making the quilt pieces, I was making it and then I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of my grandma, Lorraine, who just passed away. And I was like, you know, it would be nice to name it Lorraine. And then I was working on the second, and then I was like, oh, that's perfect because there's two quilts. My other grandma, who was the Amish quilter, both were quilters, but one was both from the Mennonite community, but one focused, her style was Amish and she grew up in an Amish community. So then it was nice to like use colors from both of them that were like the first quilts they had given me. And then the second one was my grandma Sally, who was the Amish quilter. So th when I was creating that one, there was like, I was really stressed out because I think this is so much pr pressure because she was the quilter. And to try to represent her in a quilt purposefully was like, uh. But that was the, that's what started the rest of the theme of the names. So then I counted how many other like sh little sketches I had already, because I did those first, and I had counted them, and I was like, oh, I should name it the rest out after my aunts. And then I had a couple left over, and I was like, oh, I should name one. My Uncle Blaine was a fiber artist, which I found out after I was accepted into SCAD for fibers degree. And so then I was like, I have to name one after him. So... Yeah. Very cool. Very personal work. I really like that uh, people who know your work from before at Sulphur Studios as part of their OnView residency know that you were doing something that was very much an external thing. And I, I, I like that there's some internal things going on here. So now if people want to come and see the exhibit, what's the best way for them to see it? Yeah, so Starling Cafe is open Monday through Saturday, 11 to 3, so it's a great lunch spot. There's also going to be a closing reception on the first Friday, April 5th. And I'm hoping to bring in some ice cream, homemade ice cream, and some auspicious baked goods. Uh, it would be really nice also to have like a workshop where there's, so people can sit down and make their own collages. So I'll be providing material so we can have like community collage collection. Like that would be really fun. <laughs> and maybe they'll let us put it on a wall or something or maybe display at Sulphur Studios. That'd be cool. Those are just ideas, but that's what I'm like thinking about. So it should be a fun time with like for all ages to come in and just experience and play.
Well, you hear that out there, Sulphur Studios, Jennifer Moss, AJ, Emily, or you can make that happen. Anya, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air. Field Notes today, we're very excited to have people come out and see your exhibition. Thank you so much for having me. And this is Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. That was our Field Note interview with Anya Mitchell over at Starland Cafe at her exhibit Lineage, which, gosh, I really like Anya's the work. The ever-likable Anya Mitchell. She is very likable, that's for sure. And the work is is, is really nice work. And I, it's a bit of a departure from what you might have seen at her on-view residency, but I really like it. She's well, uh, on to something. She said she was being intimidated by her Amish grandmother in the quilting. That's always a good impetus, I think. She's so genuine. She's so true to herself, like her vision. And there's something infectious about that. You know, when you see somebody and you just see their work and it almost transcends style or... It seems pure in its essence. Yes. And I just really like that about her and her work. And uh, I know I hope I hope people go and see it because yes. it's a good show. Well, it's a good place to go to. Starlandia uh, Cafe. So we've got in studio today, we've got Catherine Sando. And I'm going to, we chatted, of course, a little bit to start the show, but I'm going to give you all her a formal introduction, which I mostly stole from, from various sources. Well, no, I, I, I basically stole <laughs> Susan Laney's write up because various. Susan is really smart and one of the best curators in town. So oh, I took the, I took what she wrote about you for your, for your show over there at, at her gallery, the Vernonberg show. And, um, and I, I maybe enhanced it a little bit. So here we go. So Catherine Sando is a multiple, multidisciplinary artist and visual strategist. Her paintings, fiberworks, and illustrations often feature and are inspired by Savannah's history, people, and landscapes. Sando's holds an, an MFA in painting and an MFA in illustration from the Savannah College of Art and Design, where she was professor of illustration from 1997 through 2005. She has been living and working in Savannah since the mid-1990s. Zondo is a frequent con collaborator with artists practicing in many disciplines, an advocate of public art, and a champion of upcycling and repurposing. Her most recent commission includes Katniss, a large-scale suspended sculpture, and Sagittaria, a site-specific painting, both for Telfer Museum's Jepson Center for the Arts, curated by Rachel Reese. Her latest exhibition, Vernonburg, a March survey, opens at Laney Contemporary here in Savannah tomorrow, Thursday, March 14th, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Welcome, Catherine, to Art on the Air. Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, does that sound well, about right? Did it sounds like me. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Susan, for that introduction. <laughs> she did a great job. You know, it's the, it, it's it. I think it takes somebody to. You know, you gotta you gotta realize when somebody can do it better than you can. So I I will admit. I hope Susan doesn't mind that I stole that from her. Because no, I it think was, she intends for you to use it. Yes, it was yes, very. It and was. in fact, actually, it was her press release that she sent to me that I stole that from. So that's pretty good. Well, Catherine, we started to chat a little bit about your your piece Katniss over at the Tail Fair. But before we get into that, we want to take a quick step back, get a little bit into your history. People are probably pretty familiar with your work, but I'm interested. Let's take a step way back. How did you first get involved in the arts? What was sort of your inspiration? Where did you learn to love art? Well, I think we all love art, and we do that from the minute we, we were born. I had been working in advertising after college, and I was working as an account planner. 
So I worked between the account executives and the creative team. And so I was doing focus groups primarily, Mm. making um, connections between those two groups. And I really enjoyed it, but I wanted to get into that creative room. So the idea was that I would go study an art discipline, a picture making discipline, and then I might come back to advertising. So I enrolled at SCAD. They had a provisional program, which mm. I really needed because I did not know how to make pictures. And wow. No, I did not. And uh, <laughs> When did you start at SCAD? Uh, I think I started in 1995. Okay. Right. Wow. And I took the provisional courses and I passed those. And then they let me into the graduate program. And then I did so well, they gave me a job. Even I, better. It was great. Yeah. But I never went back to advertising. Well, to our benefit. Yes. So I got the Savannah bug. Have never left. Very good. And so after that point, so you you start teaching and everything like that. What were your first exhibits like? What was that sort of transition, not from just being somebody who wanted to make art because you felt it sort of in your soul, but that you were like, okay, not only am I going to make art, but I'm going to put it out there and show people what I'm doing. Well, I was going to say the transition of two exhibits, but how long did that take from to get to that point? My first exhibit was with Shelley Smith at Athena Gallery, and she hosted my MFA show. And wow. the work was about Cajun and Zydeco music because I had been living in New Orleans. Mm. And I fell in love with that music and that culture. I have a lot of family there. And the food. Yes, the food too. And um, she hosted um, the paintings. And then we brought a band uh, a to Zydeco the city. Too. Band. A Cajun band. A Cajun it was band. Horace Trahan. And um, so we, after the. After the exhibit, we all went over to um, Velvet Elvis, mm. and they played a gig. Wow. Very cool. I like that, too, and I think you know, young artists can hear about this because now you've established your, you're, you're well-established. But at that time, it's like, oh, you know, what am I doing here? You know, it's your first show. You don't know anything what's going I, on when yes, you first that's start. that's so true. <laughs> and there's something... Good move to bring a band in. Though. It's like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You bring in a band, you kind of set... You do something special. It draws some attention. You know, it's kind of like gets people engaged. It's more than just another art show. It's like an art event. And I think that that's something that, I mean, actually carries over to your work now. But I think it's something that we can all learn from as far as, you know, young artists. Like, how do we get people to come into the door when they don't know who you are? Well, that's one side of it. I I think the other side is conceptually it worked to bring the band because I wanted to talk about the culture. And the culture was the music. And how can you explain it better? Right. Might as well make it inner, uh, immersive. Inner, inner immersive. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And celebrate the culture, not just the culture of picture making, but of yes. the sounds. More and, broader concept. Yes. Yes. Very good. And and so, you know, we're going to kind of jet forward here a few years. And you obviously, over a number of years, you established yourself and you got yourself moving. What made brought about the idea of what made you decide to kind of leave SCAD and then say, this is going to be my full-time gig. I'm going to be just a painter now. Where you're not relying on that nice, you know, consistent paycheck. Um, let's see. So I, I got my second um, MFA at SCAD in 2005 in painting. 
And at the same time, I started to think I might want to do this as a full-time job. This because feels teach- good. Well, teaching is um, it's a very sticky occupation. You become very enamored of your students. You're very involved with the school and its mission. And if you want to dedicate time to um, a sole pursuit like painting, you I feel like I felt like I needed to make a commitment to that. And so I, I uh, said that I was going to retire for a little while. Mm. And then, because it's great to be in the classroom, you learn so much from the students. Sure. And SCAD is obviously a very robust um, community, and it brings so many people into the city, and you're the beneficiary of that programming. It's fabulous. But as I said, I, I did think I should really give this a go. I might be able to figure it out. Mm. And so uh, 2005, I went out on my own. So I love that statement. I might be able to figure it out. And I think that that is something. I think you did. Thank you. I think think I'm still working on it. Well, that's true, too. It's going okay. It's It's going okay. (laughs) The advertising background doesn't help, doesn't hurt. I I know. It's great. But, you know, you're raising your children if you have them. You're raising your career. And there's everything at once. Yeah, there's challenges, there's um, great peaks, and I guess there's pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Two steps forward, one step back a lot of the time. And, you know, I I want to take a couple more steps forward, actually, here, because I'm really, we want to, you've got so much going on right now that I don't want to spend too much time in the past, but I do want to bring up one other thing. Well, you, you've gotten yourself now out of the educational arena and you're, focused entirely on your work kind of building yourself up and then you did this show October at Location Gallery back in October of 2017 and I think it dovetails really well into what you've got going on right now that's opening up at Laney Contemporary tomorrow so tell us about that show the concept behind that show and how that all kind of came together with Peter may I ask was that the one with moonflower in it one of your Correct. paintings was moonflower that was one of my favorites okay, thank you I just wanted to mention that okay thank so. you very much for remembering that one yeah that was my really first exposure was. to your work actually was that show I didn't know you at the time but we you know I I that was probably one of my first shows I ever saw actually at location gallery because it's like He's location is very unsuspecting more. it's unassuming yes and so there's something about that. Mm, that's interesting. Rob so anyway, go ahead. I wanted to say one thing about not teaching anymore. I do run an internship program. Mm. So I have kept involved with that aspect of mentoring and teaching. And um, and I offer that throughout the year with individuals, not just from SCAD, but some of the May other. May I ask where you teach? Um, you in my barn. Internship. I was going to ask. That's <laughs> what I was wondering. I was hoping you I would mean, say I'm, that. I mean, I'm teaching in the sense that I'm helping with professional development. But um, to answer your question about October, uh, Peter had asked me to think about um, creating a show with him for location. And he had asked me, I think in September of 2017, then Mm -hmm. Hurricane Matthew came in October. Yes, right. And that was um, a very um, life-changing event in Vernonburg. There was a tornado that came through. So the landscape was very changed. And then... um, your was, environment was the, disrupted. The lighting changed. The, there were a number of trees that fell in my yard, one on the house. And so I started to think about um, 
that timeline. So October is the harvest time. It's the bridge to the winter. And then you think about the seasons. Um, and a lot of different um, countries, disciplines, religions have a lot to say about that time of year, the harvest oh, yeah. time. Songs and have been written. Songs have been written. And um, additionally, if you, you know, you look to um, Irish or British folklore, uh, pagans, they, they consider that the time of the, the thinnest veil between the two worlds. And um, you can see that um, it's also a time of great abundance. And so what I wanted to do was to feature the um the landscape and the native plants in savannah at that time so each of the paintings have something to say about our landscape i was going to say you're you're originally from new hampshire i believe i was born in new hampshire and i was born in the white mountains and so i mean when you came to savannah this was a far different environment for you i mean well i had traipsed around the the east um eastern seaboard and as I said, I had well, lived I in New Orleans, sure. family, and um, there, and um, had lived had lived all over. But yes, I I had because that's fascinating to explore is the environment when you show up in a new place, of course. And of course. this must have been so different. I was wondering mm-hmm. how much different, and how that might have influenced. Because it, I mean, it's different from New Orleans. Live, it's, yeah, and it's different from. Um, Definitely different Cajun, from New Orleans. Opelousas, New Iberia, Martinville, St. Martinville. Um, but every, I, I guess every environment has its own charms, and it's sure, your job to figure what I mean. out what makes the... I was wondering if anything like that might have really stuck out when you got here, and that really may have influenced you, because it was, it, even if you just go, some minor changes from environments, it does change you. Sure. That's well, Savannah's always... Um, teaching me about my work but one thing that I think is really um, that I've picked up on is what I perceive as a very um, layered and deep experience so you can look at a plant in front of you but then you're thinking about all this water and grasses and I think that reflects well in your work the way you say that that's that's the thing that I would say is probably that has been apparent for the most amount of time. But, that makes you know, sense. there's just the stories from people and... Yeah. Um, the overall experience. Yes. The feeling. Well, the emotion. And I think, as I mentioned at the to preface this chat about the show October at Location Gallery, I do believe that there is a connection to Vernonburg, a March survey, which is your show that's opening at... Loca- at, at Laney Contemporary. At Laney Contemporary tomorrow night from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. So we're going to go ahead and take our mid-show break. And then when we come back on the other side of this, we're going to dive right into that because when I went out and visited your studio and got a chance to look at some of these works before they were installed, we were walking around the grounds and you were talking a bunch about the trees that had been knocked down during Hurricane Matthew. So it's obviously still impacting you. And I'd like to hear a little more about how that might have influenced this show. So we'll be right back. We're going to take a couple of quick messages. You're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. We'll be right back. Please enjoy this brief excerpt of The Night in Vennenberg.
And this is WRUU. You're listening to Art on the Air. I'm Rob Hessler here with my co-host, David Laughlin. David Laughlin on the frog. And we've, we've got, got frogs in the studio. Oh, there are frogs in the studio. And it's not just that. that was just <laughs> making those sounds. We've got Catherine Zondo here in the studio as our live guest. And we've been chatting up about a bunch of her projects. But we're going to dive right into her current exhibition over at Laney Contemporary. It's actually up now, but the opening reception is tomorrow night from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. It is called Vernonburg, a March survey. So why don't you tell us about this show? Because maybe I'm just drawing some comparison here, but I find that there is some connection here to that October show. So tell us about this show. The works in this show are center on the town of Vernonburg, where I've lived since 2004. And it is... Sleepy little place south of Savannah. That's right. Uh, early settlement. And this these paintings are actually a walk through the town. So it starts at White Bluff. It runs through the woods to the bluff, across the bluff, and almost to where you see the Vernon River from the Truman Parkway. And then March, is with its second meaning, is springtime. So it really is taking note of the changes in the town and what one could see as they walk through. But it's also a survey of uh, painting and art history. And um, so you can critique the work in many ways. You can critique it as a survey, as in a map, or as a way to discover place or to talk about the influences that the past has on current work. Just to physically describe some of this, is these are large works? There are 12 large works that are um, placed side by side in the mirrored room, so completely covering the mirrored room, and it creates a panorama or a diorama, but it also creates a cyclorama because it puts the viewer at the center of these 12 paintings. Again, an immersive experience. Exactly. And they're quite tall. They're 88 inches tall. And then there's uh, a mirrored ceiling, so you get a very expansive view of an expansive view. I can't wait to see this. And then the balance of the paintings in the main gallery and in the hallways those are uh, takeouts from the panoramic paintings and or um, they feature uh, flora that maybe Just someone... Just a little extra. A little extra about yeah. Vernonburg. Yeah. Well, and let's talk a little bit more about the mirrored room. And we've, of course, Susan and yourself over at Laney Contemporary, you all had shared images of that installation as it is now. We shared... That image is that image and posting on the Art on the Air Facebook page. So, you out there listening, you can take a look at that and see what's going on. If you've ever been to, they'll give you a slight book, impression of it. Yeah, but not oh a my full gosh. sensory experience. But talk a little. We were before we went on the air today. You were chatting a little bit about how that was that specific room was actually a journey around a specific area. So describe that a little bit in a little bit more detail. I. I wanted to create a meter or a rhythm of paintings that would be a representation of what one could experience by walking through our town, the town of Vernonburg. So as I said before, you you have a field, you have forest, 
You have... A rhythm is very well said, a way yes. to describe that. Well, I am very interested in formalism. So mm. I do think a lot about color. I think a lot about texture and value and line and all those kind of academic all, things. Yeah. And at the same time, I think it's very nice to just have a very pretty vista. So again, it's that multiplying the experience. You could just say, like, I like pink. Or you can talk Keep about... it simple. Right. Or you could yeah. talk about the history of painting techniques, which I also pay a lot of attention to. The way I use pigments, the way I use water to talk about water, to talk about weather. And, um, and again, just to, to play with as many um, ideas as I can. Maybe it's, it's a little bit of a way of entertaining myself. Well, of course it is. Well, <laughs> one of the things that I... If you like it, that's the... But I think it goes beyond that. One of the things that I love is that this is a very... It's personal to you. You live in the space. You experience the space. And as given the fact that your studio is there, I mean, it's essentially the environment with when you, within which you live. And there's this quote that is written up about the show from LaneyContemporary.com. Her tentative process celebrates the idea of home that is hers, but as it radiates to encompass the natural world and its beauty, we recognize that it belongs to all of us. And what I love about that quote to me sort of exemplifies what I see in the work and that it's it's personal to you, but you're kind of inviting us into the world, especially right. in that mirrored room where you are completely surrounded, not only by what's around you on the walls, but because the ceiling is mirrored, looking up it just continues in perpetuity to be this encompassing thing and you're in the space so you're right. sharing your personal experience but it does not belong to me right. Solely. right so i think it is about marking time and change is there dew on the leaf right mm. what time of day is it but then it's also celebrating some of the shapes that are universal that we all recognize that and some all of the concrete natural feel of it as well as the time yes and also it's just influenced. the it, it remarks on the fact that we all share this shape making and this making in general and that there is a human um, recognition well it's your in, appreciation in, of your environment and you're presenting it for everyone else to enjoy as much as you do so of I'm, course but we all throughout time recognize um, let's say the shape of a leaf or the bend in a river, they're all very related. And I like to think about that as I paint too, about the connections and relationships I like that. Yeah. that we have globally. Well said. Let me ask you if, and maybe I'm, I'm, this is just something that I've thought of during this conversation, but it relates to something I mentioned earlier and that when I came out to your studio space and out to your home and all of the land and you were pointing out to me well, there used to be a tree here and this got knocked down and the effects that Hurricane Matthew had on your your environment that you live in. Did you feel do you did you feel any sort of sense of need to go out and do something like this because of the potential dangers to the environment within which you live? Because this is something that is almost a catalog of a place that you saw underwent major change recently and of course savannah and our whole area is under environmental threat do you think about that or am i drawing am i seeing something maybe that 
No, what do you think about that? Do you feel you want to <laughs> capture the moment of because it is a special moment in time? I think I'm remarking on on the moment. I think I'm remarking on the relationships that I see formally, color, space, um, and I do think that there's a documentary element to the work, but that's true of any artist or songwriter or author. I mean, they are um, analyzing and synthesizing information. Well, that is what art is about. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yes. Sure, but <laughs> sure, that is true. I think you're. But, I mean, but obvious... I'm not remarking to preserve in the sense of th it has to be this moment. It, it is where I I live and work and. As you said, I work in a barn. The doors are open. I feel the weather, and I am documenting that. I wanted to ask about that barn, too. So. Yes, I have a very generous neighbor who allows me to work in a barn that's behind a barn that we have. So I, I actually have two spaces to work in. But her barn is uh, very large, and my husband has built a, a large easel for me. It's 10 by 20 feet. That'll mm. work. And... So I can do a range of sizes of works. When I'm doing smaller works, I just put up some shelves. Sure. And then I take them down when I need more space. Wow. So I'm working with, I mean, I'm collaborating with the weather, and I'm collaborating with the environment. And I, well, I, I was wondering how sealed that barn was. I get a not. picture of a ramshackle. Oh, no, it's open. The, it, yeah. yeah, no HVAC. It's, yeah. Hot, it's mostly hot. Yeah. And then it's cold. Yeah. You deal with... But it's almost like you, yeah, yeah, you literally are in the environment. I mean, it's not right, the, really. The fog comes through, the heat comes through, the rain comes through. And That's great, though. I joke around that Mother Nature is my collaborator, too. I mean, she's my, she's my main. Well, that's wonderful. Hey. For those of you just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. I'm Rob Hessler here with my co-host David Laughlin, and we've got Catherine Zondo here in the studio. We're talking about Vernonburg, a March survey, which opens up tomorrow, March 14th at Laney Contemporary from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., I want to ask you a little bit about how this connects to a greater project that you've got going on this year, because this is part of something, well, really much larger that you've got planned, and that's the Jubilee year. You want to tell everybody what that means? So the Jubilee year is, um, I think a lot of people think it's 50, but it's actually the year between 49 and 50. And I decided that I would celebrate my Jubilee year by making 50 paintings. And I am on painting 42 right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I do have from 49 to 50. So um, I am making those those 50 paintings. And then I have a show with Laney Contemporary. I had the work at the Telfair. And then I have an exhibit at Spalding Nick's Fine Art in Atlanta with Carlisle Wolf, another artist who is inspired by nature in its offerings. That's March 29th to June 7th, 2019. And the reception is on March 29th if you're in Atlanta and you'd like we'll to stop, stop by Spalding Nick's Fine Art. And then my last exhibit of the year, I say that, the planned exhibit, <laughs> yes, the planned better, exhibit. Better. Um, is at Low Mill in Huntsville, Alabama. And that program is run by a former student of mine at SCAD. Nice. And he invited me about a year plus ago to consider the space. It's a, a large 
a very large restored mill and it has the great bank of windows on one side and I have a very large space and I'm looking forward to. Oh, that sounds right up your alley, actually. That sounds perfect. It's exciting. Well, let's, I want to hit back up on the works that you currently have over at the Telfair Museum's Jepson Center right now. And because I think that these works, as you mentioned, are part of the Jubilee Year project that you've got going on. But I also think that they're an important part of the fabric of what makes up art here in town. Because as we were talking about early on in this interview, it was curated by Rachel Reese. This was a project that you put together for quite a long time. Katniss being a large-scale installation sculpture. And then Sagittaria, which is a on-site painting that's up at the top of the stair- stairway. First of all, let me ask you about that painting. So they're just going to paint over that when it's done, right? Right. So that's a temporary piece. Yeah. And it was designed to be temporary. And I think that's a great celebration of the work, but not just the work. It's a celebration of the time that it was created and all the people who visited the museum and interacted with the wall, some even painting on the wall. Mm. And it's a nice piece of information about Katniss, about the sculptural piece um but it it being temporary is by design and i think it i think it makes it very special that it has that short life so if you do have um an interaction with it i think in some ways it can be maybe even part of the element is it's time specific too exactly and maybe it can be um more impressive and i mean right. pressing down more on dear you. well Actually, so here's yeah. something that i did and i and and if anybody goes and sees this this might be a a nice way to experience it is that they've set this sort of curving modernist couch right in front of the piece and if you sit there and you face the piece it becomes fully encompassing of your vision so peripheral and otherwise yes, yes. so if you sit there you are in you're in it I, I don't know how else to describe it, but that's how I, I mean, I went up it's there. It's sort of like I, wearing those goggles, except you're I, not wearing them. I will tell the you, there was a lot of tourists goggles. walking around, and they were annoying me. So I just <laughs> really wanted to look at the piece. And I was, so I was standing there, and I was looking at the piece, and people kept walking in front of me, because I wanted to get the whole thing, and people kept walking in front of me. So I was like, you know, forget this. I'm going to go, and I'm just going to go sit. And I just didn't want people to walk in front of me. So I sat down out of frustration of people continuing to walk in front of me while I was looking at this piece, because it is on the wall, it almost, and it's not in a frame, so I think people almost think it's, you know, some people are just kind of walking by. They're not, they weren't engaging with it. So I went right. and I like sat down on that, on the couch, and it was just like, okay, now everybody else is gone. Everybody's, I'm not, no, and I can, I'm, you know, as an artist, I can. me in the art. Right, I can focus in on that. So I think that that's kind of a, you know, you have to, it, it offers a sort of micro experience where you're like in this contained thing whereas then you turn around and you look down the long way to the atrium where all the light is coming in through the big glass windows shining on Katniss which is on the opposite side so like one you're right in it and then the other one is like you have to stand back to capture the whole of it so I don't know if that was any sort of intention that that was was planned and by design so um, Rachel Reese and I worked with a fabricator in um in Miami, his name is Julio Garcia, and he is the founder of Price Street Projects, and that's the Price Street of Savannah. And he and I 
worked together at Cafe Metropole way back when there's a um, an independent art program there, so multidisciplinary space. But what I wanted to do with Katniss, and this is an aquatic plant that's native to this area. I found it first in Pinpoint, mm. Georgia. Um, I wanted to recreate the universe of the Savannah Ditch. And mm. so I used the Telfair building and we worked with the team there, the curatorial team and the building staff to to make sure that we could use as much of the space as possible to use the building as the ditch and then to turn wow. the viewers into maybe the little biota. So oh, okay. when you say um, that they're connected, they are. So the painting, the site-specific painting is reaching up to the sky. That's why you see that it's not contained. It's white going up to the ceiling, which is also open. And then there's almost like a dividing line between the, that piece and the atrium piece. And that's the bottom as if the roots because you know, in a, with a plant, it's a the base. top and the bottom, oh. they reflect. Yes, and that's they're, wonderful. They're, yes. So they're everything. So again, this idea of everything is everything. And, Brilliant. And you are the center, the viewer is the center of that work. So when you sit in those, what did you call them, modern Yeah, they're sort of modernist pods, couches, yeah. Right, you're doing your job. Well, I love that because, you know, I, I am notoriously bad for not reading the little things that are next to pieces i i have had this i've always had this feeling it's sort of i I, it started with when i was reading like ernest hemingway and it would just really annoy me that he was like you had to know all of this background information to like interpret the works in the correct way so i've had this i've always had this resistance like well i'm going to go and enjoy art for how i want to enjoy it and i kind of like actively resist reading the thing because then it'll tell me the right way to enjoy it but you it. do eventually don't you i mean it's good uh, to relate sometimes. to it in your own way first but then maybe you want to see what they were thinking too well by the time i went to see the pieces the second time this just now like i actually went right you know to do the the yeah. renewal of my of my telfair thing i i had done a lot of research on your work so i sort of felt like i had a general context of like what you're doing and everything so i just kind of took it for granted that i knew your work and i didn't <laughs> so i was like i didn't even bother i didn't read the things without I just, are you just wait are you saying you took it for granted without reading anything that you knew everything but there are some no. other no. secrets okay. in the work too i i mean i i also superimposed um, the constellation Sagittarius onto that painting, and it's hidden in mm. in red paint. And the red paint Hence is nowhere the name, else. Eh? Exactly. I picked yes, up that, on that. The right archer away. arrow plant. <laughs> yes. So I think you did glean a lot of the meaning without reading the placard, but there's a there's a lot to glean even that we didn't even include in the information. So Ooh. something that you can discover. You As hear you that, visit people? Again and again. Look for the reds. I get the impression that there were little surprises that you didn't even know were coming while you were doing it. I mean, some of the biggest surprises were from the visitors who came and talked to me while I was working. So I think that part's very true. Well, actually, and this is too early, but I'm going to ask this question. No, anyway. I think we ought to because actually we're getting close to the end of the show. Really? So before you ask that question, why don't we do a little quick intro as to what we're going to do next? We're going to move into our Inside the Actors studio questions and i think that there's a question that makes sense there. yeah well let's lead into that because this these are the the artist studio questions let's say and we're, they're different things we ask of our guests that may highlight who knows what 
But one of the questions standard is, and this pertains, is that what's some of the most, what's one of the most, or what's a memorable response to your work? I mean, if they've saw it, is it just the oohs and ahs? But if there is some memorable response to one of your works. There was one. Um, oh, yeah. wait, we've got to do this. Hold on. Oh. We need the kalimba. It's, just, it's not official until there's okay. the kalimba. There you go. Um, so the atrium piece has 108 pieces. This is a very auspicious number. Mm. There's 108 beads on the mala, 108 steps to nirvana. Mm. 108. Numerology comes down to number nine. Let's say that right. There's on. lots You're of great right. things, yes. and then some people say it's um, it's the universe. It's one. It's nothing. It's infinite. But the uh, one moment that happened was that uh, I think a seven-year-old came up and he said, "I know what this is. It's everything, and it's nothing." And I thought, "You got it." I just wow. put my finger on my nose. You oh got it, and, and that it wasn't even. It wasn't said. There was no placards. And Out of the mouths of, of babes. babes. To a right. certain extent, we reach our peak intellect at age seven. <laughs> All right, what you got next there, David? Um, Why don't we ask her a, a question we gave her a little preview of? Well, describe color. Okay, color to me. Oh, Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm sorry. I, next time I'll wait for the No, no, no. If you're ready, I won't do it, but we'll do it anyway now okay. we said it. Okay. Color is um, to me two sides of temperature. So one is warm and one is cool. So whatever you're seeing, call it what you like. One of them is warm. Your perception. And one of them is cool. And it's the artist's job, the picture maker's job, to g give the viewer opposition. So warm, cool. Great answer. Very good. That's one of the best answers we've gotten from that question. Let Thank me tell you. you that right. And I promise we don't say that to every guest. I, <laughs> I was <right>. wondering. <laughs> now you've Spelled done a, no. a lot of mediums, a lot of different style, uh, disciplines. We didn't even yeah. get into your illustration work, which I yeah. love. Thank you very much. I was going to say. Uh, but is there a creative medium which you would love to pursue or pursue further that you have not yet? Um, I, I really enjoyed working in sculpture. That was the first sculpture that I'd ever made. Um, what type of sculpture, though? So clay? Um, well, I, I guess I don't metal. really, I don't know. I would love or to work, I would love to work in metal. Or just throwing everything together in a pile and seeing what happens. I guess what I like about sculpture is that when I paint, I think in 3D. I think about making mm. something from nothing. and. Depth. I, yes, and I think yeah. about how deep it is. I, I feel like when you're painting, you're almost creating, um, I used to say to my students, you're creating a bathtub full of information, and there's something at the bottom of the tub, and there's something sticking out. So I think if you had the ability to work with wood or metal or yeah. just very large things, I think that, that would be great. Well, awesome. I mean, you were talking also about uh, working with art that you don't like. How is that? Uh, not earlier here. I was reading something about you oh, earlier. Oh, yeah, I said. And that. Oh, uh, it's a great opportunity to, to talk about. Art that you don't like. And it's yes. something about making it work. And that's how, what a challenge that is. Or, or maybe just to be, um, to, just learn, to, see to learn it from work. it. Right, and exactly. The, and the good thing about, I was saying the good thing about work hanging is that it's hanging. It's, yeah. you know, someone's enjoying it. 
We've got time for one more question. Oh, and what question would that be? So we're going to ask you the most important question here. And and Catherine, I, I've I've really I really admire and respect you. Thank and you. So <laughs> we're going. We're going to like something's coming. So <laughs> so we're going to ask a really important question, which is going to determine whether or not that continues. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that is, what was your favorite candy growing up? And yes, there is a correct answer. What was my favorite candy? I know there was one because I remember. It could even be now. What's your favorite candy? Oh is no, now. I don't. I don't eat candy now. I cannot remember what it was. You're on the edge right now. I. It might have been a Three Musketeer. <laughs> David's trying to give her a little cheat okay. sheet there. The correct answer is, of course, Twizzlers. Um, but that was a good try. <laughs> you know what? I forgot that. I heard you say that before I've tried on to the forget air. that. And I, for, I forgot <laughs> that there was only... I try to forget Michael that. Mahaffey loves Twizzlers, and that's why he's the best artist in Savannah. <clears throat> and he's a former student of mine. Is he really? Mm. Yes. No, I love Mahaffey's work. Anyway, Catherine Sando, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air today. Let's give everybody all the details about this upcoming exhibition. Laney Contemporary is pleased to announce a new series by artist Catherine Sando entitled Vernonburg, A March Survey at Laney Contemporary, which is located at 1810 Millsby Lane Boulevard on the second floor. Catherine, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thank you.